you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. In James 5.20, the Word of God says, Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. That's James 5.20, and with that verse from the New Testament, I welcome you to today's edition of Airing the Addisons. My name is not Will Addison. Uh, love Will and Miki. They're valued friends and colleagues, and they're not in today, and I've got the privilege of subbing for them today on this edition of Airing the Addisons, and we really do have a very special show, and in the first segment, we're going to get to some issues that I think are pretty important, but I want to welcome you and thank you for listening to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here. If if you recognize my voice, it might be because of a show that airs an hour from now called Exploring the Word, and Bert Harper and I teach the Bible, and we're in the book of Isaiah right now. And so if you are a listener to Exploring the Word, I I thank you. But um, I do have the privilege every now and then of sitting in for maybe Abe Hamilton on the Hamilton Corner or sitting in for Bishop E.W. Jackson on The Awakening or subbing for Will and Mickey Addison. And, uh, you know, on airing the Addisons, and by the way, I said this, i got to share it again. Uh, This summer we did four youth camps. And we've been doing youth camps for 20 years, and, and I, that really wasn't my primary thing. I'm traveling, writing on biblical worldview and apologetics. But uh, I don't know, I think it was right before COVID, the first time we used Will and Miki in one of our camps was probably back in about 2018. And oh my goodness, they are just wonderful. And I give God the glory for the kids we were in front of this past summer, and uh, Will and Miki, we had a two-hour altar call, 26 kids accepted Christ at this one camp, and uh, just to know them and be a part of their ministry is a real honor. I thank God for them, and maybe we'll be able to do a lot of ministry next year as well. But 2022 is special to me because probably the greatest honor of my ministerial life happened in 2022 on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday back in January. I got to speak in the Roe versus Wade courtroom in Dallas, Texas, the courtroom where the the Roe versus Wade decision was rendered. Uh, We prayed. Uh, There were several hundred people there. I got to speak on what does it mean to be a human being. We talked about the sanctity of human life. Now, in just a minute, we're going to visit with Jim Harden, the president of Compassion Care Pregnancy Services, uh, Jim Harden, I'm sorry, uh, because, look, the issue of life is so fundamental not only to Christianity but to America because our country, this is very, very important, if you really want to get what America was based on, sometimes you've heard people talk about the Judeo-Christian moral code. If you go to the Capitol, everywhere you look, you're going to see Moses and the Ten Commandments. That's Exodus chapter 20, right? 
But even uh, if, if you want to be a little more technical, there is a term that scholars use, and it's the term natural law. Now, listen very carefully. Not the laws of nature that, you know, water boils at 212 degrees. That might be some of the laws of nature. But natural law is the idea that all of us have a conscience, and we know right from wrong. And we don't always do what's right, but deep in our heart, we know what's right. We know we shouldn't tell a lie. We know we shouldn't steal. If we do bad things, we feel bad about it. But one of the primary, foundational, most basic things of natural law is life, human life. You don't just hit somebody. You, for goodness sakes, you don't commit murder. We know, somehow we know, that our fellow human beings all around us, they've got a right to be here. They've got a right to be shown respect. Uh, we don't just fly off and uh, we don't just, uh, you know, beat our way through life and hurt those around us. We, we should help people. We should love and value people. We should be respectful. That's part of natural law. That's why the issue of life matters. Whenever I'm at university campuses and they'll say, well, uh, take your pro-life views out of here because you're a Christian and the First Amendment prohibits you from imposing your Christianity on us. And I'll say, look, the idea that we should not murder our fellow human beings, uh, that's not a religious precept only. That's just common sense. It's conscience. It's natural law. The issue of life matters. So whenever I hear of somebody that God is using to stand for life, and like James 5.20, to help save lives, I want to hear their story. Jim Harden, he's with Compassion Care Pregnancy Services. He's with us now. He speaks out on issues related to pro-life, human rights, marriage, the secularization of the world. But Jim, I want to thank you for holding and I want to welcome you to the American Family Radio Network. Oh, it's an honor to be with you today, Alex, really. Thanks for having me. Well, absolutely. I'm thinking some months back, did you and I were on a show together before. Am I right? Does that ring a bell? Yes, yes. I, I, I'm not quite sure which show it was because you're, you're, uh, you get around, so I, I can't remember exactly. Uh, but I do remember being on with you, yes. Yes, exactly. So um, I'm thinking it was you and I were on some program before the reversal of Roe versus Wade. And I know, uh, look, if you're a person and you pray for this country, just the fact that uh, the Roe versus Wade decision of 1973 has been overturned, and that's wonderful, but that doesn't mean the battle for truth and life and morality is over. But uh, James, I want to ask you uh, this. What was your first reaction when you heard, uh, you le leader of Compassion Care, when you heard that Roe versus Wade was being overturned, what was your initial response? Uh, I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just um, a little emotional. I, quite frankly, it was <clears throat> one of the greatest moments uh, that I have experienced. Um, we fight so long and so hard every day uh, to, to, to ensure that women um, have the ability to say no to abortion mm -hmm. because abortion represents a fundamental misunderstanding about what it means to be human, similar to what you were just describing. Yes. And and uh, we fight so long and then so hard every day uh, to ensure that, you know, uh, a woman has, has, has the, the opportunity uh, 
to say yes to her child. You know, there, there is no one more weak or more vulnerable in our society today than, than, than a child whose mother thinks she's got to choose between her life and her baby's life. It doesn't have to be that way. I, I, had, I had mixed emotions because I, uh, one of the things that, I, that we realized, as you know, is that when Roe versus, Roe versus Wade was overturned with the Dobbs case on June 24th, it did not end abortion. It simply concentrated it into abortion hub states like New York and California and Illinois. Mm-hmm. And it really opened up, as a friend of mine said, a new theater of battle. The battle lines shifted dramatically. And we're seeing that now. This is a new day. A new chapter has has turned in American history when it comes to understanding what it means to be human. For the first time in 49 years now, we're able to have a true, open, honest, public dialogue about what it means to be human under God. Mm-hmm. And it's very exciting. It's probably one of the most exciting moments in the history of the pro-life movement and probably the most pivotal cultural moment in 150 years. Amen. Uh, th- that's true. That That is so true, Jim, because th- this is a cultural moment right up there with like the reversal of the Dred Scott decision or yeah. with the civil rights legislation of the 1960s. I mean, yeah. Roe versus Wade was, was overturned. Now, uh, if you would explain what that means, that it really th- throws the ball back to the states. Um, help people understand that, Jim. Yeah, so <clears throat> when, when Roe came out in 1973, the majority opinion stated the, the word person does not apply to the unborn, which is a terrible, terrible travesty. That, um, similar to the Dred Scott uh, case, essentially re- rejecting the possibility of a person, a black person, to have uh, their own freedom, to possess their own self, as it were. Um, and so what the, what, what the Dobbs case did was said, look, um, Roe was egregiously, the, the Roe decision was egregiously wrong, particularly on the point of personhood. So instead of the federal government um, dictating who qualifies as a person, who doesn't qualify as a person, we're going to send that back down to the states. And the states get to decide whether or not and how much they want to protect uh, the, the lives of the smallest and youngest of their citizens, pre-born boys and girls. And so that's exactly what happened. And now you've got the Biden administration and other pro-abortion politicians attempting to reverse the effects of Dobbs by essentially encouraging uh, law enforcement in local localities like Columbus, Ohio, to uh, deprioritize enforcement of of abortion regulation, as well as the Biden administration coming along saying, look, you you know, uh, abortion, uh, chemical abortion must must be um, must be distributed in all these states. That are that are regulating it, which again uh, contravenes the whole concept of Dobbs for the people themselves mm-hmm. uh, to to rule and to regulate uh, what 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 it means to be uh, to protect human life. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, by the way, before we get too much farther, because now we've got a break probably coming up. This is airing the Addisons with Alex McFarland subbing for Will and Mickey, our very special guest Jim Harden of Compassion Care Pregnancy. Do you have a website and? Um, yeah, just uh, briefly, your your kind of uh, bio in in one or two sentences before this break, Jim, and your website. Sure. Uh, well, Compass Care's mission is to erase the need for abortion by transforming a woman's fear into confidence. Our website, you go to compasscarecommunity.com and learn more about it. It's compasscarecommunity.com. That that's great. That's great. What do you hope people around the country will do that are um, you know, they would consider themselves pro-life, Christian, probably politically conservative, 
And now, I mean, believe me, the pro-abortion people that are so contributing to the erosion of our morality in so many different ways, they are now mobilizing to uh, make abortion, uh, you know, prominent in the states. What would you like to see people do that are pro-life and pro-family and pro-morals, Jim? Well, this is this is a time to step in. This is not a time to step back and relax. This is not a time to to sit on the sidelines. This isn't just because Roe versus Wade's been overturned. It doesn't mean that the battle has stopped. It means the battle's intensifying. And so our job as as believers is to recognize this opportunity that God has given the people, His people, to communicate the truths about what it means to be human, and that, that the fact that we're made in His image, and therefore we have inherent dignity. And because we have this inherent dignity. All people, we're required to, to, to bless and protect all people and to ensure that the weakest and most vulnerable among us are protected, just like Jesus did for us on the cross. We were the weak and the vulnerable. We were the sinner before a holy and righteous God that had no standing. And he says, now what? I'm going to give you your standing back. I'm going to give you voice and power before the throne room of God at the cross. And now you're going to have to go and, and do likewise. You're going to have to go and sacrifice on behalf of the weak and vulnerable society. Speak. Use your voice. Use your resources on their behalf. Step in. Speak about the truth. And, uh, and and let your voice be heard and let uh, let your resources be leveraged to save lives and help women. And and you know what, Jim, I talked to people, I was uh, talking to somebody that was um, a professed Christian but pretty liberal, uh, arguing for really wokeness and critical race theory and all these things. I said, look, what you want is a culture of morality and life. Because if we'll get yeah. back to natural law, Judeo-Christian I mean, if we believe that people are made in the image of God, they have worth and value and dignity, of course I'm going to treat my neighbor with respect. Of course I'm going to treat people uh, rightly and honestly, because if I believe there's morality and a God that I'm accountable to, then then we, we all are going to have a better life, aren't we? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And there's so much more to say about that. I know we got to go to a break, but you're right. Yes, exactly. Folks, airing the Addisons, Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison. So glad to be doing that. Our very special guest, Jim Harden of Compass Care Pregnancy Services. This is the American Family Radio Network. You can find this and other great programming at AFR.net, AFR.net. And you can share this show and pass links around and all that kind of good stuff. So stay tuned. We've got a brief break in just a moment. Airing the Addisons will be back with Alex McFarland. Thanks for listening. Don't go away. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy 
easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Abraham Hamilton III, host of The Hamilton Corner. American Family Association is on the front lines in the culture war in America. We've been here for more than 40 years fighting for the biblical principles our nation was founded upon. And by God's grace, we are making a difference. One significant way you can join us in this battle is through a charitable gift annuity with the AFA Foundation. Not only will the charitable gift annuity benefit you, but it will benefit the culture-transforming work of American Family Association. Contact the AFA Foundation today to learn how you can shore up permanent income for your retirement years while supporting American Family Association. A charitable gift annuity helps you, and it allows AFA to impact America for generations to come. Phone 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. 8 Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have helped 7,000 families rebuild their homes for free after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. Our rapid response ministry is busier than ever. With 40 deployments over the last four years, we've been able to minister to so many when it mattered most. It's completely free to serve with us. We provide your food and lodging when you volunteer. There's countless opportunities for any skill set and any skill level. We spend multiple weeks with those that have lost so much by cutting trees, tarping roofs, mucking out houses, and so much more. Consider joining us on our next outreach. You will never be the same. For more information about 8 Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. When I look in the mirror and don't like what I see, oh, I just thank you for always loving me. And I know I get bad, but you wait patiently, oh, I just thank you for always loving me. James 520, that's just this verse I've had in my heart and my mind all day today. Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Welcome back to the program. Alex McFarland, very honored to be sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison here on Airing the Addisons, talking with Jim Harden of Compassion Care. Uh, Jim, give your website again, then I've got a question I want to throw at you, brother. Uh, our website is compasscarecommunity.com, compasscarecommunity.com. Let me ask you this. How, how long have you been kind of in and around the, the pro-life movement? Well, at least, well, I've been 21 years in the role that I'm currently in uh, as president and CEO of Compass Care. And um, before that, though, my wife and I have been involved um, even before we got married in um, in pregnancy center work. So we've probably been in at least 30 years. Why does this issue matter to you, Jim? 
so much. Why, why do you feel drawn to the pro-life cause? That's a, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, a pastor once asked me that question, Alex, um, and he said, Jim, why, why are you pro-life? And I said, well, at that point, nobody really asked me that question before. It was just kind of assumed. And I said, I guess it's because I'm a Christian. And he said, oh, no, no, you got to give me more than that. I know plenty of Christians who are not, uh, who are pro-choice, as a matter of fact. And I said, well, I guess then it would have to be because of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Tell me more. I said, all right, well, um, I guess the best way for me to explain it is with the story. And it's the story of, well, there's two stories. The, the first story is where, where, where the disciples were rebuking parents for bringing babies to be blessed by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we all remember the story. They were re- literally rebuking parents, and Jesus stops what he's doing, whatever he's doing. He's teaching, and he's healing, and all that sort of thing. And it's public, very public. And this is the only time in all of recorded scripture where Jesus is angry with all 12 disciples, not just Peter. Wow. And he says— All at once. He says, look, all at once, and publicly, he, he's—the Bible says he's livid. I mean, he's really angry. And I don't know what that looks like on the face of Jesus, but he's really angry. And he says, he says a couple of things to him. He says, let the little children come to me. Well, do not hinder them. And then he tells them why, because he's the perfect—he's the commensurate teacher, right? He says, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And I, and I had to stop and ask myself, okay, what is it about these little children, these babies, that makes them the commensurate citizen of heaven? And I think it's that, uh, and, and, and furthermore, why is it coupled with anger? Why should, why should, you know, it was almost as if Jesus was saying, look, you disciples ought to have known better. You've been with me so long, and yet you still don't get it. These babies have no power, no resources, no rights, no standing. Unless someone picks up their cause, they will die of exposure within hours or days. And so, too, as I said in the earlier segment, a sinner before a holy God has no resources. I have no standing. I have no power of my own by which to protect myself before the judgment of God. Unless someone picks up my cause, I, too, will die of exposure to my sin. And Jesus, that's why he came. He came, God in the flesh, to, 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 to leverage his power, his voice, his resources on my behalf. Uh, to give me my life back. And then he says, look, disciple, essentially, what, I think what he's saying to these disciples is, that baby disciple is you. And I think that's one of the reasons why Christians, why I am so um, uh, drawn to protect uh, preborn boys and girls from abortion. Mm. It's because I innately, inherently understand. It's the reason why Christians, all these Christians are on the front lines here. It's because we we, we understand that that's that was us. That that was us. We we were the weak and vulnerable, and Jesus gave us power. And He says, "Now go spend it on behalf of those that need it most." And, and you and know that's what, what you do. Jim? In a way, it reminds me just like you know, uh, we are to care for the weak and the vulnerable, and take up the cause of those that have no one to advocate for them. And Jesus has advocated for us. Praise God! But I think about this too: yeah. the irony of it. Even the most ardent pro-choicer is glad that it, at least one person was pro-life, i.e. their right. mom and dad. You know, That's right. I think about this, folks. Even the most ardent pro-homosexual uh, was glad that at least one couple, couple was pro-heterosexual, their parents. Because, I mean, if the whole world was homosexual, none of us would be here. If the whole world was transgender, none of us would be here. So, in a way, the, the anti-moral position, pro-choice, pro-LGBTQ trans, it's contradictory, because if those worldviews were pervasively lived out, none of us would even be here. That's right. 
And those, those worldviews uh, require absolute autonomy and selfishness. Um, and, and it's not sustainable. You can't have absolute autonomy. And you, 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 know, if you can't have 380 million versions of, of, of right or wrong, uh, 380 million versions of, of, of ultimate purpose that determine what right and wrong is. You know, we, in order for civilized order to continue, we have to, at, at, at the foundational level, value all human life. If we give up on valuing all human life and we start parsing out who qualifies as a person and who doesn't qualify as a person under the law, well, that's the, that's the foundational, that's the, that's the, the, the substrata of, of s- systemic injustice. And that's what we've seen in slavery. That's what we saw with abortion. And, uh, and, and we, we, we have to protect all people equally. That's the role of government. And if the government, if the people in government miss that point, they're, whole, they're missing the whole reason why God installed government in the first place. After, after the fall, after, after the flood in Genesis chapter 9, he says, you've got you to gotta protect each other. You can't shed another man's blood mm-hmm. uh, because, because, and here's the reason, we're made in the image of God and Amen. therefore have dignity. Yeah, uh, see, that's the whole thing is, and, and by, by the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Jim Harden, and there's so much I would love to ask you, but I, I want to ask you um, this. Can you give listeners around the country some practical tips for, because this is not just the issue of life, folks, although it is that, and but it's even more than that. It's the issue of moral boundaries, a moral foundation of our nation to be on. It's the difference between order, civility, stability and prosperity versus chaos and lawlessness. What can people in their respective communities and neighborhoods do to to make a difference for life, truth, morality, and for the future of our country, Jim? Well, that is a great question. And I would say the first thing that people ought to do is to take a step back and think about their their authority. Everybody has a final authority. Who, Who or what is your final authority? If your final authority is your own head, you know, your own reasonable capacity, um, well, then who's to say your, your reasonable capacity is any better than anybody else's? Um, but if your final authority is Scripture, that is the Word of God, that is God Himself as revealed through, through Scripture, then uh, you've, you've got an objective source. You've got a rule of law, so to speak. Otherwise, it's rule of man. And so we, what, we, what we have right now in our society is a, is a fundamental a different, di- difference between uh, a rule of law and rule of man. You've got a, gr- a group of people that, that believe in rule of law or that act on that, and a group of people that believe in the rule of, of, of man and act on that. And so it has major ramifications for how we think we ought to behave toward one another. And so our, our final authority is going to have to be Christ because he asks us to submit to, to him, and we become disciples, disciplining ourselves under him to do what he asks us to do, because that's how we're going to behave for the rest of eternity. And so he asks us to do that now as ambassadors. So consider your final authority and begin to talk about what it means to be human under God in that way. Amen. Amen. Brother, we got to pull away. You are a blessing, my friend. And let me just say, folks, because we have listeners all across the country, uh, this is... Uh, you know, the founders talked about the consent of the gover- uh, the governed, that just government derives its power from the consent of the governed. Folks, that's us, the, the, the citizens. We've got to stay informed. We've got to vote. We've got to be an influence for truth and goodness and constitutionality. And just like Jim Harden, 
you can do that. Brother, uh, we'll be calling again soon. We, we've got to converse some more. May we do that? Thanks, Alex. I'd love to. Oh, that's great. I really appreciate that. Well, also, folks, this is Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison. So honored to uh, have you on. And we've got a former White House staffer uh, speaking about being salt and light, encouraging Christians to get involved in politics. Uh, this is Terry Hasdorf. Uh, Terry, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? You are. Thanks, Alex. Ha- <laughs> it's an honor Hasdorf. to be with you today. Well, thank yes. you. I want to say thank you for being on the program today, but also thank you for serving our country as you have done and are doing. Well, thank you. <laughs> it was. It, it's always an honor to do that. So listen, uh, it's not every day I get to speak with a former White House staffer. Uh, you were a public liaison, now called the Office of Public Engagement. Uh, what was it like to have access to the White House? Well, it was an amazing experience. Um, I uh, started off as an intern and then was asked to stay on. I encourage all young people to do internships because it's an amazing way to learn about political systems. Um, but I stayed in the in the Bush White House for about a year, mm-hmm. and George um, W. Public right. liaison, yeah, George Bush the first. That was <laughs> I'm dating myself a little bit. This is Bush forty one. Okay, Daddy Bush. Um, Daddy Bush. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I uh, was able to go to events in the Rose Garden, and um, my uh, boss was the chief liaison to all of the faith community. So got to work with, had the honor of working with faith leaders from all over the country and got to know a lot of them personally. And um, so it was an amazing experience. Uh, you, you know what? We really did live under some wonderful leaders. I know you're going to recognize some of these names, probably like William Bennett and Ed Meese. hmm Yes. And uh, Newt Gingrich. And uh, well, I've got yeah. to ask you this, and I'm dating myself, too, because the first election that I ever got to vote in was when Reagan was running for his second term. And I wasn't even a Christian yet. I mean, looking back, I didn't know anything about anything. Uh, but I got to vote for Reagan. And I remember thinking at the time, uh, this might be the best president I'll ever get to vote for. But uh, Terry, did you meet Ronald Reagan ever? No, I wish I had been able to. I've met his son and um, have spent some time out at the Reagan Library, but no, I've never, never met him. Yeah. Um, uh, George Bush Sr. and Barbara, um, I did meet them at an event. That, uh, they were very gracious people, weren't they? They really were. Yeah. So um, what do you say, especially to young people listening? And by the way, Terry, do you have a website? I do. It's um, GodOverGovernment.com. GodOverGovernment. You know, um, we were, over the summer, the Addisons and I and a number of other speakers, we were in front of, um, in four camps, about 650 teens. And I encourage young people to, to don't, don't rule out government and running for office sometime and holding office and of course, taking your Christian and constitutional world worldview with you, but um, do you encourage mm. young people to get involved in government, Terry? One hundred percent. It is one of the best things that they can do, even if they're not called to the mountain of government, and they they don't go on to serve in government or run for office. It's just an amazing opportunity to see 
how your government works. And the knowledge that you gain doing that is something that you will draw from the rest of your life, even if it's just one summer. Now, when you say the mountain of government, I, I think I know because there there's a way of looking at reality, folks, uh, about the mountains of influence. Is that what you're referring to? I am, and I'm referring to it in the way that Dr. Dr. Bill Bright uh, wrote about it. I know there's been some conspiracy theory type of stuff or some, you know, other views on that, rather controversial type of things with it, but I'm just talking about the view that there are, you know, seven areas that, that God has given us uh, the ability to influence and the mountain of government being one of the, the ones that's very important because it influences all the rest. Mm-hmm. It does. So um, uh, given that and, and with your experience, I mean, uh, contrast for us the White House that you worked in under uh, George Bush Sr. with what you see of the White House today. Um, compare and contrast. How's the White House of 2022 running differently than when you were in those hallways? Well, I couldn't really speak to that because I'm not inside that White House. Um, but what I do know is this, you know, regardless of what administration is is in power, um, there are basic things that people can do to make a difference, to influence those structures. And, um, you know, that's kind of what prompted me to write the book that I've just written, Running Into the Fire, um, which is about why more Christians need to be involved in politics. I like what you say. You say you and I do not have the luxury of sitting on the sidelines watching the fires of the political process and our democracy burn out of control. That's in your book. What What do you mean by that? How are the fires of politics and democracy burning out of control, Terry? Well, I think that our country has really never been closer to the brink of socialism. And when you consider the fact that um, we are seeing our freedoms uh, <laughs> ebb away more and more each day. It's very disturbing. And we've, uh, in many ways, abdicated the um, role of a lot of these decisions to people who many times um, do not have the best interest at heart for the country um, or who may have personal integrity issues. And so I think, you know, there are good people serving in government, there are good people in politics but they just need more uh, reinforcement and more good people who are um, people of integrity and like-minded to get involved and support them. And well, that's what this book is about. Can you hang on? We've got a brief break. Can you stay with us? Absolutely. All right. Alex McFarlane here. So honored to be speaking with Terry Hasdorf, uh, author of a wonderful new book, Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics, our website, godovergovernment.com, which I encourage you to surf that website. Stay tuned. We're going to come back, talk more about our country, how to save it, and how you and I might be used by God to make a difference. Don't go away. The American Family Radio Network is back after this.
Announcing AFA.net slash connect. It's the one click that will link you to so many AFA platforms. Pick and choose which updates you want to receive. Easily subscribe or unsubscribe. American Family Studio. And to quote our privacy policy, American Family Association will not sell, rent, or lease your personal information to outside organizations. AFA Journal. Make a better connection with AFA at AFA.net slash connect. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. One of the special things about our tour of Israel is the uh, clean sheets and the hot water in our hotels. And we pride ourselves on providing that to all the folks who travel with us to Israel. So if you'd like clean sheets and hot water, see, I got your attention, didn't I? Got your attention. This is not just another one of Tim's Holy Land tour spots. I got you to listen to it. So I'm like that billboard that you read on the side of the road and said, I got you to read it. Hey, if you want to go with us to Israel uh, in March, we're over halfway full. We probably won't be promoting this more than another month, and we'll be full, quite frankly. So for all the information, go to TWHolyLand.com, TWHolyLand.com, TWHolyLand.com. For the dates, the cost, the itinerary, everything you need to know is at that website. It's going to be a wonderful time with brothers and sisters from around the country traveling to the Holy Land, and we hope you'll join us. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. I just want to go. website, which is alexmcfarland.com. I've got a lot of speaking engagements over the rest of the fall, and my calendar is on there, and also my books and booking information. And right now, we're so honored to be speaking with Terry Hasdorf and her book, God Over Government. Well, her website is godovergovernment.com. The book is Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. I've got several questions about the book, but um, I've got to ask you this. 
Uh, before the break, Terry, you said uh, never has our nation been so close uh, on the brink of socialism. Um, I believe you. I believe you. Why should that just be an absolute wake-up call to people, every, whether or not they're Christians? Our our government on the brink of socialism, why, why should that matter to each of us? Well, Alex, you know, socialism at its core is about replacing God with government and freedom with tyranny. And I think the reason why this is socialism at its core is about replacing God with government and freedom with tyranny. Wow. And I think why this is so um, (laughs) important right now is because, you know, our very freedoms are at stake, uh, namely religious freedom. Um, you know, I, I went to Russia on an exchange program when I was in high school. That was how I, I kind of got involved in politics was because I traveled over there, um, with a group of, uh, 40 student leaders from the state of Alabama, went to seven different cities. I was there for three weeks and this was before Glasnost and Perestroika and the wall came down. And I saw firsthand what communism does to people and the hopelessness and the oppression was just overwhelming. People didn't smile. <laughs> and, you know, you come back from something like that. I literally got out on my hands and knees and kissed the ground when my plane landed at John F. Kennedy. Alyssa, I've done that I myself. Yeah, because I understood how grateful we need to be to live in this country. And the reason why the people there don't smile is because they couldn't make a difference. There was nothing they could do to change it. And we have the ability to do that here in this country, you, you know, which is why we have the greatest country in the world. Well, exactly. You know, what's amazing to me is um, as I do these shows on AF, AFR, the American Family Radio Network, um, in addition to our regular live show that we do every day, three to four central and all across all the time zones, but it's exploring the word. But I have the privilege of hosting other shows like airing the Addisons and the Hamilton Corner, and and I've been on a lot of the shows. Terry, I've had people call in from uh, South America, from Cuba, uh, people who migrated here from Russia, um, and and sometimes very tearfully, almost like pleading. People will call in and they'll say, "Look." I came to America to get away from socialism. We escaped Mm. communism to come to the freedom of the USA. For for goodness sake, for God's sake, people, don't go down this this dark hole of socialism, Marxism. That we we gave up everything we had to get away from it. Uh, Do you do you think much of the world that is under communism and socialism they're they're watching us in almost horror that that we're running toward a system of government control and economic suicide that other nations have fought to try to get away from and here we're uh not all of us but the bernie sanders and the aoc and the hollywood left i mean they're promoting something that the rest of the world has given their life to get away from Yes, absolutely. I've heard the same types of comments from people who have survived that. And the victims of communism type organizations that are out there that track these kinds of things can tell you countless stories of what communism does to people. And socialism is basically the transition into communism. Oh, yeah. So, you know, our our young people have confused 
social justice with socialism, and they're two very different things. So, so I got to ask you this, and and I appreciate the chance to have you on because really to pick your brain as as a you know political veteran and one who has been there. I mean, it you know this is not anecdotal. I mean, you've got firsthand knowledge. Um, all right, the progressive left, whether you want to call it the woke, you know, the people on the view, um, the the left. They 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 are so much for social justice. I talk about human trafficking and you know advocating for people, and yet their whole worldview and their their view of government uh, are the history's worst offenders on human rights. So so is is liberalism a mental problem? I mean, is it not being able to see the the contradiction and irony? Uh, and the counterproductivity of the positions they're taking? Well, I can't really speak to that, but what I, I do know is this. You know, we need people of faith and people who are of good moral conscience in both parties. We need more people involved because this is a numbers game. And at the end of the day, it's all about who is the most active, who's the most engaged, who cares the most. And Christians, for the large part, the body of Christ, in many ways, has abdicated their role. We've kind of pulled back and said, oh, that's dirty, or I don't really want to get involved in that. That's just not my thing. And if you do that, um, what a lot of times fills that void is not is not what we want. So that's really the reason why I wrote this book, is to help average people understand politics and help them realize that there's hope. There are things that you as an average person can do to get involved and to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, you um, some of the points of your book, um, it, it talks about the insider secrets. If people were to run for office, uh, you say how to make a difference as an average citizen, the inside secrets if you choose to run for political office. Without giving away everything in the book, could you tell us what some of those inside uh, inside secrets might be? <laughs> well, after running for Congress myself, I'll tell you this first and foremost. First first off, you need to be supported. And I think that's really where um, the body of Christ can step up more, to support people who are running, who are in it for the right reasons. And I give a lot of insight about what that looks like and how they can do that better. But, um, you know, it's it's a time in our country where, uh, we have to start thinking about just even doing something simple like making sure you vote in the primaries because primaries are where candidates are weeded out. And that's that's how you get rid of the people who are, um, you know, not the not the right ones. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I read a statistic just, uh, I don't know, about a month ago about the incredibly, shockingly low number of people who do vote in primaries. On both sides of the aisle, I'm sure you're mm-hmm. probably aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real problem, and I think you know civic engagement has been at an all-time low. There's just a lot of, um, I think, apathy or fear. And you know the reason why I I titled the book uh, "Running into the Fire" is because I ran for Congress, and I was talking with another friend of mine who had also run for Congress, and. Um, he didn't win, um, and I didn't, but I, I learned a lot going through that process. And uh, I asked him, why do you believe Christians shy away from being involved in politics? And he said, because they're afraid of it, because they think it's dirty or corrupt. 
He said, but what they really need to be doing is thinking of it more like people who are in law enforcement or who are firefighters because they're trained to overcome their fears. And instead of running away from the burning building, they run right into it. Amen. And I thought, that's exactly what we need to be doing. That, that's a great book title. That, that is a great running into the fire. Uh, and, and while I've got you, Terry, give your website again, please, if you would. Sure. It's godovergovernment.com, and you can order the book there. I'll be launching a podcast soon, and you'll be able to find a link for that as well. Uh, we've got a phone call, and um, uh, can can you stay a couple of more minutes, Terry? Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, caller, welcome to Airing the Addisons. You're on. Hi. This is Camilla. Come okay. Thanks for thanks for being on. Welcome. Yeah. I, I really wanted to... Um, share with you and concur with your speaker. I lived in communist Yugoslavia with my family in, in 71, 72, visited the uh, number of the Soviet bloc countries. I was raised by college professor, uh, Berkeley educated socialist. I drank all the Kool-Aid. And when you ask Alex about why these people can't understand, First of all, living in the communist country was an incredible, wonderful experience to just, like she said, to understand how much we have here mm, yes. compared to what they have. And Slavic people don't smile a lot, so <laughs> that's kind of the way they are. But yeah, they they don't have a lot to smile about either uh, under the communist regime. But the liberal, the liberal mindset it is, it is an ideology, it is a religion, it is a cult, it is an indoctrination into, into confusion. And you, you can't, the, the Bible says that God, that God will blind their minds so that they can't see the truth. And they can't. And I, we, <laughs> I do speak liberal. I, was, uh, I came to the Lord and he healed me of my all of my other stuff, and he got took a long time to get the liberal out of me, though. That <laughs> stuff takes a long time. Got rid of the alcohol, got rid of the homosexual, did all that stuff almost overnight. But the liberalism is so entrenched. So if you guys need translators, you need to talk to ex-liberals. They can help you to <laughs> understand. Well, I, I've got to ask you this, Camilla. Was it any one thing that began to draw you out? Was it the kindness of a Christian or conservative, or, or what, what began to draw you oh, out? I com oh, I completely was seeking God in all the wrong places. I grew up, you know, all through the 70s, 80s, my whole life I was looking for God, and, and I found him in Jesus. It was just, you know, walk down the aisle of the church, and was, I knew, uh, you know. And that, that's an interesting question, because... Uh, I didn't really know. I'm, I'm from Portland, Oregon. I, there are. <laughs> I didn't know any Christian, honestly. I really didn't, but I knew that Jesus was awesome once I found him. Wow. Well, <laughs> God, God bless you. And Terry, I want to say thank you so much for writing this book. And and I bet there are a lot of people out there that can relate to what you're saying. That, um, as our like you say, our our politics and boundaries on fire. Um, I've got to ask you this. I really don't think the average person understands how blessed we are to live under the Constitution that we live under. Would you agree? I would agree with that completely. 
Are you concerned for the perpetuation, the preservation of our Constitution? I am. I I think that um, there are protections and things that the Founding Fathers intended that um, are in jeopardy right now. And um, every day we see more encroachment, more more things being infringed upon. So it's a time to be very vigilant and um, to get involved. Do do you think that all of the like the the purging and the canceling and even just a few days ago I saw where a certain school system is removing all references to Thomas Jefferson and you know schools are they're bending over backwards to rename schools George Washington can't have that name anymore Thomas Jefferson can't have that name anymore um, do you think that the revisionist history and canceling of of certain historical figures could are are these stepping stones to the rewriting of the constitution ultimately well it sure seems that way and it you know it, it just goes back to the the main point which is that you know politics touches every part of our lives and most people are so busy going about their day-to-day activities that they they don't think about this kind of thing but um your your political leaders make an impact on everything that you do and um that has to be something that we pay close attention to or it can go in directions we really don't want mm-hmm. um i'm gonna i think we have time for maybe one more call mark from ohio mark are you there i am here thanks for holding uh go quickly if you don't mind yeah i, I was just gonna say the, the importance of the primary election i'm a retired ap government teacher here in ohio and we used to teach our students that the people that vote in primaries are usually those on the on the fringe. So when candidates are trying to win their primary, they have to they have to basically get the vote of the far right or the far left. So we send those people to Congress, and we wonder why they don't get along. You know, you've got people that have been elected from the far left and the far right, and there's no real give or take. Mm. Well, hey, thank you, Mark. That's a that's good insight. Uh, Terry Hasdorf, thank you so much for being on. And thank, I want to say with all of my heart, thank you for serving our country. Running into the fire, why more Christians need to be involved in politics. It's a great looking book. Um, hey, who published it for you, Terry? Charisma House. Charisma House. <laughs> Wonderful. And yes. give your website again. Godovergovernment.com. Godovergovernment. I hope we can talk again soon. Uh, you'll be in our Alex, prayers. Thank you so much. You're doing a great work. Thank you. Folks, Alex McFarland here. So thankful to be list, uh, that you're listening. Thankful that uh, I have the opportunity to sit in for the Addisons. I'll be back in about five minutes on Exploring the Word. Keep your radio tuned to the American Family Radio Network. May God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith. Family. Freedom. American Family Radio.